0: You may visit our website for more information at sccview.net. Again, that's sccview.net. Thanks again for listening. I hope that you have a wonderful day.
1: Well, hello, everyone. We are so glad that you are here for our second week of our series called Fixer Upper. And how many of you, I know we started this last week and I asked this last week, but how many of you guys have watched that show, Fixer Upper? Just let me see your hands. Yes.
0: You sucked in.
1: That's when this was all began with that show. Jeff and I decided to sell our house. And last week, I sh- we showed everybody in the leading clips uh, the before pictures, and during the service, he showed the demo pictures. And now these next few weeks, you're gonna get to see us putting the house back together. So it's just really been exciting for us, right, Jeff?
0: Oh, thrilled.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's been thrilling. It's just been so much fun, I'll tell you, but anyway, What we're doing, just let me show you a couple of pictures uh, of this going back together. The first one you're gonna see is our dining room ceiling that we have started putting back together. And the next one is in our uh, kitchen in our living room area. It's the ceiling there. So you're gonna get to see more and more pictures. And remember by the fourth week of this series, we're hoping that you get to see everything finished. And Ashley's in here, so let's get it done, okay? (laughs) <laughs> anyway, Ashley's been helping us contract. Uh, He's stuff. shorty. Yeah, yeah, okay. Anyway, uh, but again, we just, we just thank you so much for uh, joining us for the series. And just like we're adding value to this house, we're doing stuff to add value to it. Being in this series, you're learning and you're adding value to your relationship. So that's what we hope for you through the rest of these uh, sermons. So you got it, Jeff. Huh.
0: Thank you, babe. Let's give her a hand. Well, this morning, as she had just shared with you, uh, we are getting closer. Uh, and, uh, you know, we're actually having contractors help us put that back. And Ashley Smith, is, uh, with Smith Painting, has actually been a big help to us. And he's a, he's a big guy. We call him Shorty. That's what they should call him on the show, the guy that helps him out, right? But, anyways, we'll talk more about that later. I want to say today, as we get started, uh, we're talking about relationship intimacy. And I want to say before we get started here is that whether you're single or married, and by the way, today is going to be PG-11. So if you have a child beside you that's maybe not 11 years old, you may want to take them, check them into Kids Church uh, at this time. Uh, because we're going to talk about some sensitive subjects here. So as we begin, I just want to say this, whether you're single or you're married today, I want you to tune in. And matter of fact, some of you today, you know, you're going to hear the word sex and it's like, you know, uh, but here's what I want to tell you something is that we have to, you can't do better, be better till you know better. And what I want to tell you is that you cannot teach others to do better, be better until you know better. So no matter where you are in life that today you are responsible for what you're going to hear because either you're going to apply it to your life or you're going to share it with someone else. That's what we need, need you to do. Now, I want to say one other thing before I get started is hearing is not knowing. Many times we'll start a, a message like this, and a pastor will step up, and we'll start, he'll start to talk, and your mind will all go, Oh, I know that, I know that, I know that. Let me tell you something you don't know that until you're doing that, until you're putting it into practice. And so many times people mistake hearing for knowing. Hearing is not knowing. It's only when you apply and you're acting uh, these principles out, you're putting them into practice, that you actually know something. And so today I want you to listen up with an open mind and I want you to actually help hear what God has to say uh, to you today. So let me just say this. We're going to kick this right off. Jesus has actually been asked the question about marriage. And so we go right into what Jesus says in Matthew 19. Look what Jesus says. He says, haven't you read, he replied, that at the beginning the Creator made them male and female and said, for this reason a man will leave his father and mother and why Be united. Stop right there. Okay, so number one principle is that, listen, they should leave one day. Okay, that's the number one principle. He said, okay, they should leave home one day. You know, uh, being 45 and and at home is not God's idea, okay? All right. should leave uh, his father and his mother and be united. So would you just write that wedding? When when a man and a woman are united in, in holy matrimony, that means they're united together. That's the first step is the wedding, okay? First step is wedding. And then he said... Be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh, one flesh. So that is actually the consummating of a marriage, is that first there's the wedding day, and then, you know, there's a the consummating, uh, the wedding night. So this is the way it goes. This is God's idea, okay? God's idea is not the world's idea. God's idea is this. God's idea is there should be a, a, dating, a dating together. Then there's waiting together. And then there's the wedding together, and then there's the sleeping together. okay? Now the world says you can do eating. The world says you can just toss it up and do whatever you want to. But that may be the reason that we have so many failed relationships in our culture, all right? So we're talking about God's way. He goes on to this, so they are no longer two but one. Therefore God has joined together. Let's read the last part together, you ready? let no man separate let no one separate i want to tell you that we're going to talk about we're going to use this word sex a lot today but i want to tell you that sex is a gift from god it's a gift from god it is something that's in the context of marriage like it's like a fire in a fireplace when a Fire is in a fireplace. It's wonderful. It keeps you warm. It's nice. It's cozy. But you take that fire outside of that fireplace, and you put it into the living room, and you start a fire. Friend, you got a problem. You're going to burn your house down. And God says that when we have sex outside of marriage, when we do that, we're going to burn our house down. I want to say this as well. Many, many Christian parents, I think we messed this up. Many Christian parents, in teaching our kids, we say to our kids, "Sex is a no, 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 no," and I think we put the wrong ideas in our kids' heads. You know, like one guy was talking to me. He says, "You know what?" He says, "You know, my wife said that her mom said that that sex is something that when you get married, you got to do." And him and his wife were struggling. Said because that's the way it was viewed as you something you got to do. And so. You know, what we should teach our children is sex is not a no-no, sex is a not now. Not now. Not a no-no, but not now. And so I want to tell you, you know, that's, that should be the way we teach. It's a good thing, but not right now it's not. But when you get married, and in that context, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And we're going to talk about that today. So before I go any further, I want you to take out your connection card, everybody. Take it out and on the back of this connection card. I'm asking everybody, please take this card out. There's a next step on the back that's very important before we ever get started. If you don't do this, then then friend, you're gonna miss the reason you're here today. It says this the first step says, I will be open to what God has to say to me today. Would you check that box? And just say, I will I will be open whatever, if God has something to say to me, I'm going to be open to it. That means that that something inside of you is going to grip you today, and you're going to be open to that. If God wants to speak to you, you're open to that. Okay, would you check that box? So as we we begin, I want to give you about uh, three things here today that's going to help us with this to understand it. Again, we have to understand God's way and God's method. And so the first thing I would say is restoring intimacy is sex is a sacred commitment. Would you write that down? A sacred commitment between God and a man and a woman. It's a sacred commitment. Hebrews 13 and 4, look what the Bible says. Honor what? Honor marriage. Honor marriage and guard the what? Sacredness. Would you circle that word, sacredness? of sexual intimacy between wife and husband. God draws a firm line between casual and illicit sex. Now I had you to circle that word sacred because sacred simply means set apart. It means set apart. So that means it's special, it's set apart. It's set apart for something special. How many of you growing up, how many now some of you gonna to have to Google this, but how many of you growing up, you remember your mother or your grandmother having a China cabinet in the house? Anybody remember those? Okay, we all had China cabinets. That was about useless, wasn't it? Let me see here it's like You only got to pull out those dishes, you know. You got to pull those dishes out on special, special occasions. I'll be honest with you. I don't remember that many that were that special. We got to use that. I don't remember it. But that that was sacred in the house, you know. The china cabinet was sacred. All I know is we kids got paper plates. Sacred. And so it was set apart, that those dishes, some of those were were passed down from generation to generation, and they were sacred, they were special, and it was set apart. And so that's what God is saying, that sex is, is to be a sacred commitment that is set apart. A bond, a commitment that is stronger than any other that you will ever make in your life. So sex is a physical expression of a sacred commitment. In other words, another word in the Bible for commitment is covenant. An agreement. I'm committed to you is what it's saying. I'm committed to you. And see, this is what God has to say, and this is, why, this is why, you know, so many relationships fail today. But God says that when a man and a woman, a husband and a wife, come together in a sexual relationship, you know what he's saying? He's saying that you're saying with your body, I am committed to you. There is no one, I will never, ever, ever be with anybody else. I'm committing myself solely to you, and I'm giving to myself to you again. I, I am reaffirming my commitment to you. Boy, how that would change our our spirits about that, about that in our marriages. That it's that. That's what the number one purpose of it is. Okay. I read a statistic the other day that said this: that 80% of couples who live together before they get married end in divorce. 80%. Now, I know you may know some people that live together and they didn't get a divorce. And some of you are sitting here today that you lived together before you got married and you're not divorced. And thank God for that. Hey, you know, when it seemed that the st- statistic is 80% and you're, you're still here, praise God, there's a God in heaven. Why is that? That's the question. Why is that? Why would that be so high? And here's what I think, here's what I think is, happened. Is that when we make a physical connection... Before we ever make a soul connection or a heart connection, then we, we derail our relationship because it's built on the physical. We never even get to the heart. We start, when you start with the physical, you never get to the heart. Many times it looks like this. When an argument happens, then, then we, the way we settle arguments is we just go right to the physical. If we can just have some physical time together, then we can forget everything. You don't forget everything because your heart keeps going. Your body may function one way, then after a while, your body's going to quit because it cannot ignore the heart. So we have to learn to make a heart connection. Here, here's what you, might ask, you may be asking, God, why, why should we wait till we get married? Here, here's what the Bible says. It is God. God is saying this, maybe if we wait and we make a soul connection, if we make a soul connection, then we won't have a problem making a bedroom connection. If we make the soul connection first, then we won't have such an issue with, a, with the physical. The physical will follow the heart, but the heart does not follow the physical. Does that make sense to you? And so so many people start off with the physical and they never get to the heart. They they, they you know, they have bedmates, but they don't have a soulmate. See what I'm talking about? And God says, I want for you, I want you to have a soulmate and not just a bedmate. And if you, just build your, if you just build your relationship on the physical, guess what? It's going to fizzle. Because you've got to have that connection. And that's what God wants for all of us. Matter of fact, uh, I wanted you to bring you a great theologian today to tell you to back up what I had to say this morning. You know, I got the Bible, but this great theologian by the name of Beyonce. This is what Beyonce had to say. Beyonce says this, she says, don't treat me to the things of this world, because I'm not that kind of girl. Your love is what I prefer, what I deserve. If you liked it, then you should have put a ring on it. (laughs) Bam. Great theologian, Beyonce. It is the truth. It is the truth. And so what I want to say before I go any further is this, that when I start sharing this kind of message, I know it's very easy for guilt to come running in. Because many of us have a past. And we start thinking about our past. We, Oh no, I jacked this up and you know, I know I'm wrong and we start feeling guilty. But i got some good news for you today. There's one word that you need to know. That, well, let me say, there's two words you need to know. One word is repentance. Repentance means this it means that God is over here, and I'm going this direction, the opposite of what God says, and I'm going the wrong direction. And if I say, God, forgive me, Lord, forgive me, forgive me my sins, I don't want to do that anymore, Lord, forgive me, then guess what? As soon as I confess it and I turn and start walking this way toward God, that's called repentance. Once I do that, once I turn from this way and start going toward God, give up those old habits and I start going toward God, there's another word that's very important you need to know today that will remove the guilt from you. Here it is. You ready? The word is justification. You know what that means? That means when I say, God, I'm sorry for what I've done in my past. I need you to forgive me. And I turn and I start going the other way. Here's what it means. It means just as if I've never done it. When I am justified in Jesus Christ, that means it's just as if I've never done it. And so today, maybe you're sitting here today and guilt is already starting to try to creep up and say, yeah, you remember this, you remember that, you remember this, because it can be painful in the past. But I want to tell you what, God says today, I don't remember it. If you said, God, forgive me, I'm sorry, Lord. I didn't mean to do that. I don't want to do that way anymore. I want to live a clean life before you. I want to be cleaned up. And you said, forgive me. God says, I don't even remember that anymore. So today when I talk in church, if the devil's telling you, well, you didn't jack this up, you've already messed this up, so you might as well check out. He's a liar. Amen? He's a liar. And today you determine he's not holding you down with that guilt anymore. What's under the blood is under the blood, it's forgiven, right? Amen. What's under the blood? What's under the blood is under the blood, even in sexual relationships that you wish you had not been a part of. What's under the blood is under the blood, and God doesn't remember it anymore. Amen. All right. So today, I want you to know that we are all fixer-upper projects. God is fixing us up, right? What I am today, I will not be next year with God's help. I'll be better. Matter of fact, I stood up before our staff this year and I said, you know what? I've determined this, that our church has got to have a better pastor than me. It's got to have a better pastor. They looked at me and I said, oh, that just means I'm going to get better. You know what? Rhonda needs needs a better husband. She needs a better husband. You know what that means? That means I'm going to get better. My kids need a better father. And so you know what that means? That means I'm going to get better. And so in you and your life, that's why we're talking about this stuff, so you can get better. You can get better. So today, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, today's the day that you step across the line because you cannot get better without Him. He is your source of getting better. And there's a prayer inside of our program that you can pray to, to help you step across that line. We just asked you to check the box on your connection card and said, I'm praying the prayer to become a Christ follower, if you're doing that. Okay, number two, you ready? Restoring intimacy. The second thing is this, is sex is a physical expression of a sacred connection. Would you write that down? Connection. So it's a commitment, and it's a connection. It's sacred. Remember, set apart. In other words, when we, when we're, when we are... When we are having sex with our spouse, we are saying we are connecting at a level that we will con- connect with no one else. It's a sacred connection. The Bible says this in 1 Corinthians, look what it says. I love the message paraphrase here. It says, there's more to sex than what? Mere skin to? Now that's, Hollywood's, that's Hollywood right there, right? I mean, Hollywood says, hey, it's only physical, doesn't matter. There's nothing, nothing else attached to it. It's just a one-night stand. It's okay. That's why the people in Hollywood are so jacked up. You know, you know about the average length of a marriage in Hollywood is about 90 days? I mean, you ever notice that, like, you know, the this, this actors. Why? Because they're living in fantasy land. It doesn't last. It doesn't work that way. There's more to it than that. He goes on to say this, sex is as much what? Let's shout that out. Sex is much what? Spiritual. Once not you circle that? It's spiritual. Spiritual mystery as a physical fact. As written in the scripture, the two become one. So it's more than just physical. It's spiritual. God's in the middle of it. That takes us to the first. There's three things I want to share with you about this. The first thing is... Uh, in order to, to make this connection, we have to have this, what we call, spiritual oneness. Would you write that down? Spiritual oneness. Spiritual oneness means that I have a worldview that God is in a, around everything. and that So God is in the middle of this. So everything that we do, God is in the middle of. Every decision that we make, we think about God. Now the world's way is this. The world just acts like God doesn't exist and do what they want to. That's the world's way. So God's, uh, follow, Christ's followers' way is that we say, okay, what does God want me to do in the middle of this? What does God want me to do? Now let me just say this to you, okay? I have a line that's coming up on the screen that I believe this with all of my heart. Are you ready? Here it comes. Look what it says. Intimacy grows in marriage when we pray together before we what? Now that's pretty freaky right there, right? Some of you say, oh man. Can I tell you something? When God created Adam and Eve, when God created Adam first, you know, he created all the animals and all of a sudden God created Eve and Eve come out from behind those bushes. She wasn't wearing her fig leaves, baby. And she come out of those bushes and Adam saw he and went, whoa, 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 Geronimo! And God God didn't say now Adam. You can't be talking like that. You can't be looking like that." No, God marched her right in and gave to, gave her to Adam and said this is your wife And they've the two become one and God celebrated that Because it ain't dirty when it's godly Whew, Did you hear that? Now I want to tell you single folks something here. Listen to this when you're dating And somebody's putting the pressure on you to get in your pants. When they're putting the pressure on you to get in your pants when you're dating, here's something you should do. You should start praying. Oh, Heavenly Father, right now, Lord. We need you in this relationship, God. Lord bless us. Now, you want to put some cold water on something. There's your strategy right there. That's it. Listen, you ought to teach it. we ought to teach our teenagers that, right? Uh-uh, somebody gets those Roman hands. Here we go. Oh, no. Oh, God! Now, I want to say the opposite is true for marriage. When you begin to pray together, there's something spiritual that happens that drives up Intimacy. It begins to make a fire burn inside of you spiritually, emotionally, and physically. All of a sudden, that person becomes attracted to you like, it's like fire, baby. Shut up in your bones. I'm thinking of uh, the lady that's a singer, Keys. What's her name? What's her name? Felicia? Felicia. Alicia. All I know is she's like, it's fire! That's all I know she says that, baby. (laughs) I know that was horrible, but anyways. And so I'm telling you that praying together, listen, I told you that about five years ago, Rhonda and I started praying together. Every night we pray together. We just say a simple prayer together. If you say, what's the one thing that's brought you closer together? I would tell you that's it. Remember last. Remember we talked about this last series that what we wanted hope in our relationships. You know what hope is? Home of prayer every day. I know that when we think about God and we think about sexual relationships, you know, with our spouse, we think, you know, we shouldn't be talking to God because, like, you know, that's sort of weird. No, 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 no. Your heavenly Father wants to bless you in that area. He created you that way, and when you are in the context of marriage with man and woman, you're in that context, and you're together. God is up there applauding you. He's like. Hallelujah. Church tonight. Okay, never mind. You don't. I think you're getting the point. Number two is this. You ready? Making this connection is emotional oneness. Would you write that down? Emotional oneness. Now, men, I want to talk to you just a second because I have this written down on your outline. And you see those three letters that are written down right beside that. Why don't you read those letters out with me? You ready? Come on. On the count of three, we're going to read them out. You ready? Here we go. N-S-T. Now it's written out because I know you're going to forget. I wrote it out for you. What does that mean, men? It's right there on your outline. They don't even want to say it. like... I don't know. Is there a such thing as that? Non-sexual touches? I had to learn this. You know what I'm saying? Because... Non-sexual touches is this. This is what it means. It means affection. It means like giving a hug, and not going further. It's, it's giving a, It doesn't mean that you want. It means it doesn't mean that you hug without wanting to go further. It just means that you don't go further. Okay, because sometimes you just got to say stay. All right. All right. Okay. There's too much truth to that in there. I mean, it's just facts. So, and then holding hands, that's a non-sexual touch. You know, just walking, holding hands, or going on a walk together, or giving flowers. Something like that. Or sending a text message that says something like this. Honey, I know your feet are tired because you've been running through my mind all day. <laughs> Let me just say something. There's some men that's writing that down right now. And ladies, you're going to get it. You're going to get it tomorrow, okay? And when you get it, when you get it, don't you say, oh, you just say what Pastor Jeff said. If you do, you're not smart. The very fact that he even thought about you before he got home was a miracle. Right? It's a miracle. Hallelujah. Repeat. It doesn't matter where you got the lines from, baby. Just keep sending them. Don't you shut him down. He's trying to start. God, I want to say something to you. When you do not do for her emotionally, it's like her not doing for you physically. In other words, it would be like her not giving herself to you sexually for a year. When you don't do that things for her for a year. We don't think about that, do we? It's the same kind of feeling. So it's something to think about. Just how would that make you feel? And so that ought to put a fire in that. Okay, then the next one is this. You ready? And the next one is physical oneness. Would you write that down? Physical oneness. And right out beside that, let's just read what's right there beside you. ready? Come on, let's read it together. Here we go. Ooh, la, la, la. Okay, do you need me to say any more? You got the point, right? That's what that means. It means coming together sexually. Physical oneness. I must remind you, ladies, that listen, when it comes to this area, we men are like light switches. You just flip the switch. Okay, hey, let's get it on. Did he say that? Yes, he did. Because that's what it's like. It's like a switch. It doesn't matter, you know, it doesn't matter when, where, whatever. Just, okay. But guys, ladies aren't like that. Sort of like an iron. (laughs) Got to heat up a little bit. (laughs) Okay, that's enough. All right, here we go. 1 Corinthians 7. Let's bring the Bible back into this. Here we go. The marriage bed must be a place of mutuality. The husband seeking to satisfy his wife, the wife seeking to satisfy her husband. Marriage is not a place to stand up for your rights. Let's read what's underlined together. ready? Here we go. Marriage is a decision to serve the. When you got married, you said, I do, not he will or she will. Whether in bed or out. Number three, you ready? Restoring intimacy means that sex is a physical expression of sacred value of a sacred value that I value. If we think about sex as the fire, then I would tell you what, if, if it's fire we're looking for, then we got to have some oxygen to make that fire burn, and that would be when we value others. And so today, the Song of Solomon 6 and 12 says, You have made me as eager for love. You've made me eager for love. So how, to get, how do you value your spouse? And let me tell you something. Three or four of these things that you can use in every relationship, but in particular marriage. Here we go. The first one is slow down. Slow down. If you're going to show value, you have got to slow down. While you're writing that, I want to tell you it's the words that my grandmother gave uh, Rhonda and I before we got married. She said, "Listen, if you if you come and go together, you'll stay together. You can't go your separate ways all the time and stay together." The second thing is this, is date your mate. Date your mate. Now this is one of the ones that you might want to leave out, especially if you're applying this to other relationships. You know, it would be weird. Okay? Date your mate. Look at what I have here. It's okay to have fun without fun without your children. Can I tell you this? It's okay to go on a date without your kids. This was Rhonda and I's, one of our downfalls in our relationship is that we thought our kids had to be with us all the time. And we hurt each other, you know. We never had any time together. And we, it caused us a lot of problems. And if it wasn't for God, we wouldn't have made it. Because our kids were there in the middle of it. And the greatest thing is when we went to marriage counseling, the counselor said, y'all need to date without your kids. He was like, oh, you can do that? Hallelujah. You know what you do? Listen, if you can't get away, you know, if you can't go anywhere, get a bag of potato chips, throw it in a room, lock the door. Hallelujah. (laughs) Let them eat the potato chips. You just go have some time together. And if they're teenagers, you can't pry them out of the room anyway, so leave them alone. We're going out. I'm mad. Be mad by yourself. We're going out. See what I'm talking about? Listen, I want to tell you something. Your marriage is more important than your children. Your marriage is more important than your children. Here's why. If you give a strong marriage, if they see if mom and dad stay together, then you're going to put a confidence inside of them that they can't have any other way. Now listen, there's many people in this room that's been through divorce. I understand that, and I'm not here to make you feel guilty for that. I'm just saying, listen, if you're remarried, let's work on the one you got now. Amen? What's in the past in the past, we can't change that. God can't even change that. So let's don't focus on that. Let's just say, right now, you make it healthy. You make it healthy. Okay. Number three is this: is show appreciation. Show appreciation. How do you, you know, most people show appreciation in ways that people don't receive it. So the best thing, I have a question here, is ask, ask this question, what makes you feel like I appreciate you? Listen, you ought to circle that today, and you need to have that conversation today with your spouse. Or if you're dating, you need to have that conversation with your boyfriend or girlfriend right now. You need to have that. If you have a close friend, you want to you need to have that conversation. What is it that makes me makes you feel like I appreciate you? Here's the problem. People do all this stuff. They say, you know, well, I work all the time. I just want to know that them to know that I appreciate them. And they just say, like, listen, if you just stay at home, that means that you appreciate me you got to figure that out. you got to ask the question. We just assume too much. We just don't, don't know. you got to ask, what is it that, that I do that makes you feel like I appreciate you? And when you find that out and you start doing that, then whoa, 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 yay, yay. It begins to happen in your home. Love begins to grow. And you like being together again. Isn't that a... Isn't that just a great thought Anyways, Liking being together. Married and like it. The world is for the spin said that says marriage is boring and kids don't want to get married today. You know why? Because they think, oh, it's boring. I was just going to put a handcuff. No! You're better together. You live longer married. You're, you're better financially when you're married. Every, your health is better when you're married. Married people do good in this world. And so let's be happy being married. Amen? Okay. Criticizing, criticizing puts the fire out, by the way, when you're critical. matter of fact, I say, criticizing is paralyzing. It paralyzes a relationship. Criticizing is paralyzing. Criticism never fixes. You can never criticize anybody into doing anything. You know that. Oh, you never do this. You're sorry. You stink at that. You know, you need to get better at that. And you just nag on them. Nagging doesn't change anybody. Oh, it It makes them mad. Nagging doesn't change anybody. It makes them mad. It makes them rebellious. Matter of fact, I have this statement. It's an SEC statement that we've used around here. Look what it says. If you don't like what you're seeing in others, let's read the last part together. You ready? Here we go. Watch what you are saying to others. It's hard to lift people up when you're putting them down. Oh, dear God, did he just say that? It's hard. Why do you expect your marriage is going to go up when you keep putting that person down? Mm-mm. It ain't going to work. I know that might have been the pattern that you've seen in your parents, or you've seen your grandparents, or you've seen your best friends' or parents, or are you seen in a, a mentor's parents, or are you seen it in them, and you thought, that's all they did, that's the way you do it. No, 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 no. It don't work, baby. It's hard to build someone up when you're putting them down. Criticism never works. Number four is this. Be quick to forgive. Would you write that down? Be quick to forgive. So here it is. Just stop bringing up the past. Just stop bringing up the past. Listen, if someone's done something, if your spouse has done something you know, they've done something in the past and you said you forgave them, then guess what? That doesn't mean you forget it. You can't, can't forget it, can't get out of your mind. It's there. But what you do, the way you know you've forgiven is you quit bringing it up. How do you expect it? If you keep bringing it up, you know, if you keep talking about it, if you keep putting it in their face, you're never going to get over that. Love is not going to grow. Intimacy is not going to grow until you quit bringing it up. And most of the time when you get mad is when you start thinking about it. And when you start thinking about it, when you're mad, it's going to come out of your mouth. So you have to say, no, I will not. I will not bring this up again. And that is forgiving. Forgiveness is not forgetting. The next step I have on your outline, on your connection card is this. It simply says this. I will do my best to value those around me. Everybody in this room can check that box. I hope that you will. And if you're married today, I would say that you start right there with the person, your husband or your wife. And then start with your children. And then start with your parents. And then start with your coworkers and your friends. Begin to value people. The last verse I have here is this Acts three and nineteen. Look what it says. It says, Repent then and turn to God, so that your sins may be wiped out. Would you read this last part with me? Come on, let's read it together. You ready? That times of refreshing may come from the Lord. It's when we commit our heart to God that we begin, these things begin to work. You see, God wants to help you. And so today, the first thing that you need to do is put your heart focused back on God and let Him begin to let this stuff that we're talking about marinate in your heart and it brings big changes. Would you stand with us now? We're going to sing this song and I'm going to ask you to sing it with us. It's about our commitment to God. And as we do this, we're going to ask God to speak to us. Let me pray for you. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, we said in the beginning, God, that we would be open to whatever you had to say. And God, you've been speaking to people all over this room all morning long. You've been speaking to them. Now, God, seal it in our hearts with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net, And click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.